0: Hello there, and welcome to the WP Builds newsletter number 18, which is entitled Way Too Much Gutenberg News Automatic Buys at Avist, at I think that's how you pronounce it, and More EU Laws. It was released on Monday, the 25th of June 2018. Just a couple of things before we start. If you go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, you'll be able to see the latest deals that we've got. And also, if you go to WPBuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you can find out ways to get this stuff automatically. But we won't waste any more time on that. We'll get stuck in. OK, the first news item today is on the WP Tavern, and it alludes to something I mentioned last week, which was all about the WordCamp Europe, in which Matt Mullenweg unveiled uh, the Gutenberg roadmap. But it occurred to me that I never really mentioned what was on the Gutenberg roadmap, so I'm going to rectify that now. The idea is that this will be released in August 2018. That is to say, Gutenberg will come out with WordPress 5.0 in August 2018. Right now in June, we're going to freeze new features. Um, Hosts, agencies, teachers, and so on are going to be uh, invited to get into it. Opt-in for WP Admin um, will be available to WP.com users and mobile app support in the Aztec editor across iOS and Android. And then next month, various other things will be rolled out, including opt-out for WP Admin users on WordPress.com. Um, and then hopefully by August 2018, all crucial issues have been resolved. Integration with Calypso, Uh, the aim is to have 100,000 plus sites using it who've made 250,000 plus posts and it will be released with WordPress 5.0. So there you go, that was a little bit more detail added to a story which I mentioned last week. Okay, the next one is um, a user testing. Now you'll notice this week that we've got lots and lots of Gutenberg items. And this is absolutely fabulous. This is on the Tenop.com website, and it's a, a piece in which they get a load of people who've never edited with Gutenberg before, and they sit them down and they do a proper battery of user testing on them, um, and they follow what they're doing on the screen, and they record it all and see what the principal problems are. On the whole, they get a rating of sixty-nine point five, which is very close to acceptable, somewhat, somewhat in the marginal side, but basically it's not unacceptable. The problems are they were finding things like um, Im- embedding images into Gutenberg difficult, and when a few people couldn't actually manage to do it, they ended up using the the sidebar in the WP admin area and clicking on the media uh, link, which is obviously taking you to the media library, not what you want. And then they did things like heat maps, and they worked out that people are actually clicking all over the place, and it's not quite there. So essentially. It's, it's going in the right direction. I know it's not for everybody, but it, it would appear that the 70 odd percent of people are thinking, or at least the, the people are thinking it's 70 percent acceptable. Uh, go and check it out. I think it's worthy of a read. and It's just interesting to see how proper user testing is done, which is something I'm not really that familiar with. The next one comes from uh, bigboxwc.com. More about Gutenberg, and it's the state of Gutenberg WordPress themes. This is quite a hefty article, um, and it goes into the fact that there really is quite a lot of work left to do uh, between Gutenberg and um, theme developers. The workload isn't yet finished, so for example, there'll be a a disconnect between what theme developers uh, require and what Gutenberg can provide. He gives an example of, for example, if you've got a WooCommerce section, when you pull that into Gutenberg, it doesn't look like the front end would actually look like. For example, it doesn't have the, um, the ratings and it doesn't have the amount in stock and instead it defaults to Uh, the add a cart button so although it looks very similar to what the user will eventually get the idea of what you see is what you get is exactly that and we're not quite there yet seems a little bit edge case i'm sure that this sort of stuff will be fixed over time but he goes into the specifics of why the 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 javascript and the css might need to be something to consider if you're a theme developer it's just an interesting read um, and certainly worth worth looking at i would have thought The next one still on Gutenberg, believe it or not, is Tom McFarlane, who is a developer and he's got an article called The Demand for Gutenberg Isn't There Yet, going into the fact that really um, we are not quite seeing an uptake yet. He believes essentially that given enough time, people will be requesting it. But at the moment, nobody really is. And this probably comes down to the fact that um, the demand isn't there because it's not part of core. So maybe that'll change over time. Again, another interesting read, highly related to Gutenberg. And we seem to be in this slew of opinions and ideas coming along at the moment. So apologies for the gigantic amount of (laughs) Gutenberg items in this week's news. The next one is that WordPress.com owner which is automatic, if you like, have bought a company called Atavist. Now, Atavist are a completely separate service. Um, the th- This actually comes from the Wall Street Journal, which I very rarely find myself on, but I found this in a feed somewhere and thought it was relevant. Um, and it's a sort of subscription service. So in other words, you can put up paywalls for your content. And that's what they do. They have 200,000 users, most of them not paying all that much. But the the principal idea is that they can can monetize your valuable content. And presumably, WordPress is interested in their offering. They're going to discontinue the Atavist product, and they're going to roll all of this stuff into WordPress.com Uh, presumably to have an out-of-the-box subscription system so that you can uh, charge people for your content. Anyway, certainly, certainly very interesting. Okay, the next one is all about uh, page builder. We've had lots of page builders coming out recently. You know, first of all, there was uh, things like, well, Beaver Builder was a very good one. And there are other ones like Elementor. More recently, we've had Brizzy or Breezy come out. And then a, re- a reinvention of Oxygen. We're now in Oxygen 2.0. This isn't so much a page builder as a theme builder. Um, and you can create everything. You can basically throw your theme in the bin And the idea is that it takes over everything and it kind of locks you into that ecosystem. But it uses Flexbox and so it looks quite good. But if you're interested in a very detailed review of it, you can head over to the WP Cube with a K website, links in the show notes, um, and see exactly how it all works, how it generates its templates and so on and so forth, and how you can use it as a theme builder. Um, And it looks really good um, and it's in version 2.0. And you can't migrate from version 1.0 to 2.0, so certainly very interesting. And we're out of WordPress news now, and I'm heading over to the BBC because they had um, a video where um, a gentleman called Robert, Dr. Robert Mugah, M-U-G-G-A-H, has actually put a load of interesting data on top of what looks to me like a Google map. And it's about things like uh, migrations and, um, you know, the environmental impact of various things. It's really interesting because you can, for the very first time, see what what a what a what a migration of people from say uh, the middle east or syria for example actually looks like in some cases it looks more alarming than you might think and in other cases it looks less alarming i just thought it was a fabulous use of technology to display a very difficult to understand problem in a really easy to way easy to view way and it just makes it easier to understand next one is the search engine journal and this is just a, a an interesting article about what you could do if your site has become de-indexed by Google. It's actually not really about what you can do if it's become de-indexed, but just a great big list of the reasons why sites might have become de-indexed. A couple of them I'd never really uh, considered before. So if you've ever noticed that the latest update on um, Google's algorithm has booted you out the rankings, or indeed it's just suddenly gone for one reason or another, you might like to go through this checklist of about. 10 10 subheadings and see. um, And then it does right at the very end, uh, illustrate some ways that you might get your ranking back with Google. Search Engine Journal carries on because now apparently Facebook admins. So if you've got a Facebook group, I should say, and you are the admin of that group, Facebook are going to introduce monthly subscriptions. So those people in the WP Builds Facebook group, you know, watch out. It's going to be like 7 bazillion dollars a month from now on. (laughs) That's unlikely. Just interesting. The the idea really is that quite a lot of people, so for example, WP Elevation is a good example. They have That's part of their offering is that you get membership into their Facebook group. And I think Facebook want a slice of this action kind of on the basis that, well, if you're charging, we should have a slice of that because it's on our platform and it's a service that we provide. So there you go. The next one comes from The Verge. As if you hadn't had enough of GDPR, apparently there's a new thing coming around, which was snuck in on the day that GDPR actually came out on the 25th of May this year, called Article 13. And it's all about who has the copyright for content. And the owner of the website, essentially, um, according to this new piece of legislation, which is being voted on to go onto the books, you will be responsible for that if you own a website, if you open up um, the the uploading of Things, copyrighted content into your website. So, <laughs> yeah. oh dear, this could be even more of a killer than uh, than GDPR. Go and have a read if you up, if you allow people to upload content, then just go and check it out because maybe this will happen, maybe it won't. But it'd be good to know if it does, so that you don't get caught out by it because you know you can't be you can't necessarily know what your users are uploading and how to filter that. And the last one today is the techpp.com website. And this is just for people who listen to podcasts, i.e. you, because you're presumably listening to this on a podcast player of some kind. Google have silently introduced a new Android app for listening to podcasts. It's called Google Podcasts. I've downloaded it. It's pretty cool. It's a basic design. It allows you to uh, you know, subscribe to various things. But what's really cool is they've got their AI at work, and as soon as you start putting things into your um, into the app and saying, "I oh, like this content," it very cleverly goes out and finds other things that you might like as well. So there we go. I would thank you very, very much. I hope you have a good week, and um, we'll see you Thursday for the main edition of the WP Builds podcast. Bye bye for now.